everybody, I and welcome to... I got the wrong to... kind of apples at the farmer's market. Oh my god. <laughs> Continue. So you waited for us to start recording to say that? <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, let me try this again. Hi, everybody, and welcome to So It's Come to This, Don't a Simpsons you dare cut Family that out. Podcast. I am the Father Brian. I'm back. You are. Welcome back. Thank you. Who are you? Listen, it's you usually on podcasts, it's the host's job to introduce their co-host. Oh, shoot. That's the traditional podcast. Who's the host in this? So, you're going to start show. changing this 63 episodes in. Yeah. No one cares. Who's well, the host? And maybe we don't want to be traditional. Maybe we want to change things up. <laughs> are we changing the game? Yes. I think in order to clearly. change the game, we need an audience. No, because in Boogie Man's Closet, Uncle Mike Mm -hmm. doesn't introduce Aunt Susie or Maurice. That's correct. Uncle Mike says his name, Aunt Susie says her name, and Reese says his name. Right, but they're not Uh, a traditional I don't remember... I got one for you. ...how it happens on Raised by Rentals, though. I think it's the same way. I think Josh introduces himself and Uncle Mike introduces himself. Well, I will tell you this. What's the... uh, the Paul Shear, June Raphael. How did this ending. get made? Yeah, how did this get made? That's one of the oldest podcasts. And Paul Shear doesn't is. introduce everyone. Is Paul Shear? I would think June Diane. Well, he is doesn't the host. No, it's not usually. Uh, they introduce everyone. They say, "I'm here with my co-hosts" or whatever you say, and then you say their names and then say, "Say hello," say something. I don't know. All right. Well. <laughs> Being, huh? That being said, what are you pointing at? I am me? pointing, are you pointing at, you. at the person who picked the wrong apples the at wrong the farmers apples. market. Hey, are you saying you got guys, bad apples at the farmers market? Guys, it, I mean they're not bad. You they're picked just, the bad apples. They're just different. Guys, if you go to farmers markets, um, please email what your favorite kind of apples are that you buy there. No, I'm being serious. What kind of apples? Did I you picked get? Jonah Gold apples. Yeah, that's not great. You should have asked me. I know all guys, about apples. Guys, guys. Every apple. I. They call me. They call should me they the call apple me meister. Johnny Appleseed. No, they call me oh. the apple meister. Johnny um, Appleseed was already taken in the apple gathering community. They, they call him Appleton. Um. So, guys, if you go to farmers markets, specifically, um, in the Western New York area, just tell me what kind of apples you like the best, and I will um, do an apple. Break. Maybe I could do an apple breakdown instead of uh, news and views. What do you guys think? No? Well, I think if you're going to do that, you need to wait till the fall. It's a little um, early to be talking apples. We could just have a whole fruit section about also, which fruits are in. Seasonal. And, yeah. I, I, got, I got some really good bread, and some guys uh, at the pierogi stand roasted me for my beautiful flowers. We have bread. And he said, did you realize that those are the colors of McDonald's? And I said... There's purple in there. And I said, get the heck out of here, pierogi guy. Do you want a shout out on my podcast? And he's like, no. And then he flipped me off. So, oh, my name None is Corey. happened. <laughs> no, he actually did roast me about the flowers. Yes, but no one flipped you off or <laughs> anything like you that. You don't know that? I do know I that. was flipped off by a 90-year-old once. Nice! <laughs> Grandma? <laughs> Besides her. Besides her. Um, my name's Corey. I guess that's 
what you wanted me to say. Sure. I can I talk bread. about apples more. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> for I guess. what? I don't know. For whatever that was. <laughs> Great. We'll see if we can cut that down a don't little bit. Don't cut that. Go, don't cut any of that out. This bread right. is pretty good. It's from Anastasia's Bakery. And she has a stand at the Williamsville Farmer's Market and the North Tonawanda Farmer's Market. Oh, so she's local? She is local. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> she is local. She also sells her wares at Overwinter Coffee. As you're stuffing and, your face and talking. And at Little Blackheart Coffee Shop. All right. Good. Very good. I'm happy for there her. You go. There's a little plug for you. <laughs> if you could send a spread for free. Yes. That'd be cool, so, but I'll keep paying. Corey, last week, last time we met, you put out a call for people. For romper room shoutouts, um, and we did hear back, I and wasn't here. some of that will be discussed when we talk about our emails in just a moment. But why don't we jump into our romper room shoutout? All right, what? Wait, I have an idea for a romper room shoutout and how Is it to Dean? boost our engagement. Hi, engagement, here, engagement. We only shout out the people who talk to us. Jeez, that'd be so week. short. Okay, so. But that's how to boost our engagement. If you listen to the podcast, yes, I will shout you out. So, beginning with that, I would like to say hello to my newest best friend, whose name is Josh. Josh is a lovely human being. He listens to the podcast. He is also on a podcast that I listen to called Raised by Rentals. And if you were born in the 70s to 80s, You should listen to it, and you will like it. They talk about, you know, movies from the 80s and 90s, and it's just a really great podcast. Um, So hello to my newest best friend, Josh. You will never replace Richard Gere, but, you know. Uh, And, okay, so hello to Mike and Susie and Maurice, who are host of the boogeyman's closet we went through all that um also mike has another what what's going on here this is now the eating podcast. guys stop you're distracting me <laughs> people love when people eat on podcasts it's, people um, do so, it's asmr i don't know if you've heard of it <laughs> what is going on i'm eating ice cream yes i can see that mm-hmm. so mike well, is in Another podcast called Count Creepyhead, which is about Saturday morning cartoons and toys and all that kind of fun stuff with Josh Hibbard and Mike O'May. But what was I doing? Hi, Timothy and Carl and Patrick and Lindsay and Benji, host of What Happened? Formerly Goo Goo Gaga, we're sponsored by Masterclass. Yes, that's a plug because Benji forced me to um and let's be honest he needs the listeners i mean he's got to boost his uh listenership Mm -hmm. like masterclass might be pulling the sponsorship soon so he's got to get those numbers up everyone go email him benji at (laughs) whatappened.org i thought it was dot gov dot edu And hi, I don't know if you listen or not, but hello, Nikki and Hero. Hi to my friend Jay and um, 
Buffalo's own Don Johnson and uh, Joey and um, <laughs> Steve the Otter. Why? <laughs> I don't know why. Now it's just a thing that people expect. Steve has no upcoming projects, I want you to know. <laughs> or maybe he does. Jasmine, hit me up. Does just she, you don't out. have to. Does <laughs> she even listen to the I think she podcast? listened to one. I think she may just listen to the shout-outs and then stop listening. <laughs> um, who wouldn't? I... Blah, blah, blah. On to the real people. TJ and Cash, Karen and Georgia, Sterling, Sterling K. Brown, Durs, Blake, Adam and Kyle, um, Andy Samberg, and Bill Hader, and Fred Armisen, who have nothing to plug. Um, <laughs> what about Ethan and Mika? Ethan and Mika, nothing to plug. <laughs> um, nope, they don't. <laughs> uh... Alpha Rad is a new listener. Oh, God. You're bringing Jacob Alpha. I love him. I don't even know who that is. He's he's a, he's a nice fellow who has nothing to plug. Um, moving on. Uh, moving on. Who else? Ron Howard, Markiplier's mom. <laughs> mom, mom Plier. Um, she just had dinner with Ethan and Mark. Trevor Noah, Aquafina, Chris Red. Chris Onrad. I don't know who that is. I just... No. I just said that. I love no. it. Uh, I'll cut that out. Kenny G, Peter Cetera, and uh, Michael Bolton. I hope Michael Bolton's happy. Michael, I hope you're happy. I'm so worried about his happiness. I, I'm so worried about his happiness. I am. And the biggest celebrities I know, Jess and Caleb, hello... And, of course, my best friend, the Silver Fox himself, Dick Gear. She said he would never You are my best friend, Dean. We did it! We did it. We did it. How? It's done. We did it! How? After all of the chaotic openings that we've had in this podcast. Dean's actually my best friend. How is this the most chaotic opening? Is it? Chaotic good, chaotic bad, chaotic neutral. What kind of chaotic is it? Um, Dean's actually my best friend. Don't tell Dick Gear, guys. It's like every uh, first D&D character that everyone makes. It's chaotic neutral. Okay. Are we good? Are you good? I, I've been waiting. Thank you. Thank you. I think we can cut out everything up until this point. <laughs> nope. Please don't. At least a portion of it. If you cut this out, we're through professionally. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now that we got all that behind us. um, So as I mentioned, we did get some emails this week. And they are not from Timothy. Woo! Do you not love us? Yes, we so, did it. Wait, so, no, wait, that wasn't no. a dig on Timothy. That was a dig. That was a yes. dig at that everyone dig. else. Everyone else, right? That was a dig on our podcast. Timothy has definitely done his work so far. Yes, so. Timothy's, you, Timothy. Timothy's been holding it down for everyone else. Yes. You showed up, and we thank you for that. All right, so we actually did get two emails. This is probably the biggest uh, response we've ever gotten. So the first one is from Sam Zombie. And it's just a uh, just a quick plug 
for um, the Western New York Horror Crew presents Jerry's Closet. You can find them at the flea market um, in East Aurora. So if you'd like to check them out, go see what they have there. Some cool stuff. And our other one, uh, Corey mentioned this already. Uh, we also got an email today from Josh Strasberg. So welcome, Josh. And just a few things he mentioned. He said he does listen and he loves the show. New best friend. So once again, um, I emailed Josh back recently and just you know thanked him for the support and everything. And so we'll do a few more. I know Corey did this already, but um, he mentioned in his email, we'll do a few more plugs here, that um, he does a podcast with Mike Alvarez, as Corey mentioned, called Raised by Rentals. And as he put it, they look at movie, TV, and game properties from the VHS era, so 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, and they improv story concepts right off the cuff to come up with what we think would be cool what-if stories for sequels, remakes, spinoffs, etc. that never happened. And as he calls it, it's like fantasy football for nerds. I like nerds. Check them Wait. out. Yes. The two early 2000s were still VCR era? I mean, they still made some VHS tapes. I mean, we remember when we went into that Kmart and we saw a VHS tape? Yeah, but that was like a joke. Ha ha ha, look at this. No yeah, one has it, a VCR. I think that thing was probably from the 2000 era. I mean... But yeah, like early 2000s, I think they were still making them. We had at least two VHS games, and I think we got those in the 2000s. It's possible. There was um, a WWE game. And that was very old. Oh, well, there was another VHS. We got game. it in the 2000s. It was not made in the 2000s. Was it a WWF game? Yes. Oh, I thought it was WWE. No. Oh. That's like Hulk Hogan era. I thought Hulk Hogan was WWE. No, he was WWF. Well, and then eventually he came back to WWE. So I was But right. like in the 80s, he was WWF. Mm-hmm. So, and then the um, World Wildlife Fund said that no one gets to have any more fun. That's correct. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> so he also goes on to say in his email that um, he also mentions Mike again, as Corey mentioned this uh, previously, that he co-hosts Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash with Mike O'May and Josh Hibbert, and they describe that as three grown man children talking about toys and pop culture. So he did go on to say that, man, there are a lot of Mikes and Joshes. And he closes by saying he can't wait for the next episode. So, Josh, you might be taking that back once you start listening to this episode and realizing I've made a mistake. Because guess what? I called him my best friend, and that's a bond for life. Good to know. Whether you like it or not. All right. So thank you um, to um, Sam Zombie and Josh Strasberg for reaching out to us. We really appreciate it. Give so them a round like of to, applause. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on email. And so it's come to this pod at gmail.com. You can get us on Instagram as well. It's so it's come to this underscore pod. And on Facebook, so it's come with the number two this. I have a question for the editor. Yes. Can you edit in a round of applause? I can try. Thanks. We'll all right, so quickly, I'll try to get through this as quick as possible. Well, all I have to say is when you weren't here, Corey and I, we had it down. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Like we were down to like an hour and 20 minutes. I think there's something about the two of us together. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> I'm a little chaos gremlin. <laughs> all right, but anyways, our Ion Springfield segment. So Johanna Clark, an Australian mom, 
hilariously gave her young son, I think he's about nine years old, a classic Mr. Burns haircut from The Simpsons. What? She posted a video of the look, and it is going viral online. So Clark uploaded a clip to her TikTok page, at pink underscore natty, N-A-D-E, showing her child supporting the unusual hairdo. (laughs) And she posted, am I a bad mom for letting my son cut his hair like Mr. Burns? She... Um, the clip garnered more than 4 million views in a day, and people have been raving about the hairstyle. So in the clip, the youngster reenacts Mr. Burns' famous line and mannerisms, and we will post this clip to our social media if you are interested in seeing it. Can we get that username again? At pink underscore natty. And how do you spell that? N-A-D-E. <laughs> no. Or Nate. 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 Short for grenade. She's Australian, so... No! Maybe she says natty. Okay. Sure. At pink nade. There, you ready? Yes. At pink underscore nade. Yes, I am happy. Um, So this was kind of interesting. Um, A hidden Easter egg has been hidden in the Simpsons opening (laughs) credits since the beginning of the show. A hidden Easter egg has been in plain sight. Yes. So... In the part where, you know, of course, Maggie is accidentally put through the scanner at the grocery shop. So the opening credits list the number as $847.63. I think we've talked about this before. But that number turns out that that was the average cost of raising a baby for a month in 1989. Oh. So, and of course, that was the year that The Simpsons started airing. Right. So in more current episodes, when Maggie is scanned, she takes the price of Marge's grocery haul from $243.26, and then once she's scanned through, it goes up to $486.52, doubling the price of the groceries. So perhaps the writers wanted to make a point about how expensive having kids is, because it basically doubled the cost of the grocery bill. So just thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, sure. All right. And lastly today, um, Bongo Comics, they've been publishing a series of Treehouse of Horrors comics for many years and has earned more than 200 issues. So due to this, they've released a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror omnibus, which is called Omnibus Volume 1, Scary Tales and Scarier Tentacles, which collects the first 23 issues of the series. If you're interested, you can head to Abrams Books to pre-order your copy of the omnibus today before it hits shelves on August 2nd. So my recommendation would be go support one of your independent comic book stores out there. You know, pick it up on August 2nd, but if you want to pre-order it, you can pre-order it there. All right, and that is all I have today for our Ion Springfield you, segment. At most comic book stores, you can usually pre-order yes, things pre-order there, there, too. So. Yeah, so that's a good idea. You could do it there. Yeah. Good thought. All right, so without any further ado, we've waited long enough here. Why don't we jump into our episode breakdown? So for this particular episode, we decided to do something a little bit different. Um, this is not your traditional episode. And I will let uh, Brendan tell you all about it. I'm telling things. Uh, welcome to our 63rd episode. Thank you, everyone. You made it. You you watched, you listened to 63 episodes. How? How, indeed. Or maybe this is their first one. No. 
In uh, that case, why? <laughs> uh, In that case, it was nice knowing you. I'll never see you again. <laughs> uh, we are doing Behind the Laughter. This was the 22nd episode of the 11th season, the 248th episode overall. It had the production code BABIF. BABIF19. <laughs> Uh, it originally aired on May 21st, 2000. It was directed by Mark Kirkland. It was written by Tim Long, George Meyer, Mike, Mike Scully, <laughs> and Matt Selman. It guest stars Willie Nelson and... How do I pronounce that? Jinum? Jinum? Jim? 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 What's the end? I think that's a... Uh... Oh, that's your that's fault. Typo. That's your Jim, fault. Jim Forbes? Well, Jim Forbes... Also guest stars. Uh, the chalkboard gag was I will not obey the voices in my head. Uh, and the couch gag is the Simpsons sit on the couch as normal. Bart puts a coin in a slot. As normal is a very interesting way to put that because the Simpsons never sit on that couch as normal. Uh, but Bart puts a coin in a slot on the arm of the couch. What did the slot say? Magic fingers. Magic fingers, and the couch vibrates away, taking the family with them. All right, thank you. Why was it called Magic Fingers? Because that was... I th- weren't some of them actually named that? Yeah. Why? And it was just supposed to... Like, oh, because, like, because you use your fingers for massaging? Yeah. That's so dumb. Yep, I don't it like sure that. is. Yeah, and it was supposed to spice up your... Ooh-woo. To have a uh, massage in bed. On the bed. Oh, it's a bed. Yes. Yeah. It was a bed. I assumed like it was the, the mall massage chair. No. no. So the whole bed. There's been some like 80s and 90s movies that have like dealt with that where like kids go in there and then they're like, what the heck is this? And then they turn it on and craziness happens. And... Yeah. Or like, I, then why? Or like there... and, and it seemed like it was always like skeezy hotels. There was. Oh, there was. Hotel? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can. You can, you could get it for your house, but like, wasn't there a Simpsons episode where they were in a skeezy motel yes. and there was a magic fingers bed that like vibrated across the floor? Yes. And I think uh, Bart and Lisa were yeah. on it and they were riding across the floor as it was going through. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Well, hashtag 80s. So, all right. Just a few things about this episode before we jump in. Like there's so many ways for that to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the idea for this episode, as I mentioned, was a drastic departure for the series to try something so different. So it took the writers a long time to kind of conceptualize the show as they were unsure whether to make Homer a filmmaker or to make the characters unaware that they were being filmed. So Selman recalled that there was no draft for the episode. Instead, the writers just sat down and pounded it out. Oh. He noted that one of the disadvantages for producing an animated show that takes up to a year in advance to create was that many other comedy shows, most notably Saturday Night Live with their more cowbell sketch, <laughs> had already done Behind the Music parodies. So now, Brendan, I'm assuming you have no idea what Behind the Music is. No. Okay, so it was a show in the late uh, 90s, early 2000s it was so good. on VH1. It was a documentary type show where they looked at um, music artists and like the skeezy things and the good, the bad, and the ugly that yeah. happened in their careers. I assumed that 
it was something like this because, I mean, the parody is very clearly a parody yes. of something called Behind the... Right. And I, I very much knew what they were getting at, even though I had never watched right. the source material. They, yeah. um, they had a behind-the-music-type show on, <laughs> on the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> they did. It wasn't on the Mickey Mouse Club. It wasn't like a sketch or anything, yes. but it was, it was about, about the Mickey Mouse Club. And they were so squeaky clean that it was kind of like, well, this is boring. <laughs> I want some dirt on Carrie Russell, guys. Oh my God. Here we go again. I have a question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Why am I your... obsessed with the Mickey Mouse Club? No. It's a good so question. your brain... Yeah. Realize that you didn't say anything anything about the Mickey Mouse Club during the the <laughs> mirror. So was it like I need to insert it somewhere in here? And you just you just jumped on the opportunity as yep. soon as yes. you saw it. Yes, that's exactly what happened. That makes sense. Honestly. <laughs> All right. So continuing on. So. The final episode only features one bleeped curse word for Marge for comedic effect. But Meyer recalled that the writer spent many weeks just pitching, quote, Marge filth. (laughs) Why did this get in? I know. So, although not credited, Scully has noted writers Tom Gamble and Max Prost for making significant contributions to the episode. So, uh, throughout this episode, the crew actually used actual Simpsons promotional posters in the episode and vh1 and gay rosenthal productions were both extremely cooperative regarding the episode letting the team use the entire graphics package from behind the music nice so everything that you saw there basically they put the simpsons things in there um but other than that it was almost identical Mm -hmm. to that particular show the same song yep you know everything uh, but they did change up some of the words, which we'll talk about once we get into the acts. Millhouse? Yes. Yeah, uh, Yeah, because basically, like, the beginning of each of those little title cards, that was kind of the same when yeah, they yeah, behind I, the music. I also but assumed that. But then they threw a couple Simpsons references in there, yeah, which we'll talk yeah. about when we go to each of the acts. Um, was behind the music Fox? No, no it, it was, was VH1. What's the difference? Uh, different channel. VH1. Does VH1 even exist anymore? It yes. was a music channel. I don't know what it has developed VH1's into VH1's initial idea Classic was... Classic music. Well, it was more like adult MTV. You know, channel. Michael Bolton, M- Kenny I G. I MTV was already... Yes, but like MTV... No, I mean, MTV was MTV really catered was... more towards teenagers. Yeah. And like, you know, young, probably 20-somethings. But if you wanted your Michael Bolton fix, he went to VH1. Yeah, VH1 was more for the the married thirty somethings and time, love, and tenderness. Like Why did everyone love MTV so much? <laughs> because it was very, very influential. I thought you were gonna say, "Why did everyone love Michael Bolton?" Also, that I mean, <laughs> because I mean, really, back in that time, there wasn't any type of programming for kids of that age group like i mean you had stuff you had stuff on like pbs for kids yeah and then i think i think no was mtv first or was nickelodeon mtv was mtv was first wasn't it? yes okay so i was gonna say then you had nickelodeon and you know things like disney that. But channel yeah, i think mtv was first but anyways yeah there wasn't any like things that really catered 
to that age group. Right. So, then... so what MTV became, like, that makes sense why people liked that a lot. But when it was just, like, a bunch of music videos for, uh, for, 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 for songs. Yeah. Like, you got CDs, you got tapes. Not back in that day. You have records. Like, there are so many better yes, ways to consume no. music. And Who most cares? of the time, like, visual. no, it was huge because like, yes, you would listen to something, but you had no idea who these people looked like. And a lot of times you didn't have pictures of the band on right. the records. Just go on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and especially like, you know, if you hadn't seen the band live, like you had no idea what they looked like. And then like some of those videos became very theatrical. November just, rain. Like, yeah, and it was like, like literally like movie shoots and things like that. So, How much so are you saying that most album covers weren't just the Weezer lineup? No. How much did it cost to make the November rain video? I think that was upwards of a million. I was probably even more than that. But yeah, I mean, I think it was like on par to a like to a, a movie. feature film. Yeah. It was that, and I remember um, hearing back in the day Paul Abdul's "Rush Rush" video. Yes, that because was that, was 100%. that was a hundred percent. That was a hundred percent a movie. Yeah, with Keanu Reeves. But yes, these are like three minutes long. Not November. Not rain. not November rain. <laughs> How long is November rain? Oh, is that like seven. I'll eight play minutes? it for you after. I it's, don't want. A it's no. an epic. I'm good. I'm it's good. Chef's Kiss. It's a good song. It is. It gets you over here, but then look what's happening over here, and then a guy jumps through a cake, and then Slash is in the middle of a desert. Oh, and then there was and that weird guy Ste- crawling, like, in that cave or Yes, whatever. and then Stephanie Seymour's dead! I thought... Spoiler. And you don't know why. I thought Slash was, like, a horror movie villain. No, Slash no, he's the guitarist the greatest from guitar players Guns N' Roses. Oh, I should have known that. He's the one with the hat and the hair. That was he in his- Kiss? No, no, he, he was, was in Guns N' Roses. <laughs> the hat, the hey, who's kind of a metal cousin it. Yes, exactly. Metal cousin. All right, well, let me get back to this here. Um, so Ian Maxtone Graham was the one who directed the voice actors during the recording sessions for the episode, and as Brendan mentioned, Jim Forbes was the original narrator for Behind the Music, so he came into the studio and did the narrations, which George Meyer called fantastic and i would definitely have to agree like having him involved in this makes this episode so much better good old forbesy so when uh mike scully went into a studio to record willie nelson's guest appearance willie was running late so scully and the team had to wait because willie nelson was recording a duet with bb king oh so it wasn't for reasons you might think with willie nelson about why he was late it was for an actual reason. Like, did he show up high, though? Probably. But Meyer recalled that Nelson said to the producers that he enjoyed The Simpsons and watched it on his tour bus before he went on to Aww, perform. that's nice. So uh, Mark Kirkland called this episode one of the, quote, oddest he'd ever worked on. He intended the a table reading for the episode with knowledge he was to direct the episode, but was surprised to find that the story was not a linear story and was all chopped up. I'm sorry. This man's is directing the entire episode and didn't read the script until the table read? I think he read the script, but he didn't understand how they were going to go about doing it. 
like they probably didn't say oh in the script like this is going to be a behind the music and I feel it's like that's have these on credits and things like that it's probably the script was there and he was reading it with the characters talking and stuff like that but i don't think he realized it was going to be what it actually became mm. but i don't know it feels like when i think of a director i think of the person who originally had the idea and sometimes the person who originally has the idea doesn't have co- full confidence in their abilities as a director to make it come true. So the first person that they should come to is the director to tell them about the idea mm-hmm. and ask them if they'd be, they think that they are capable of making the idea a reality. Not, I'm reading the script at the table read. When we already have all of the actors and everyone... You're thinking more movies. Even in... Television is directors for hire. So what will happen is you're basically given a script and then, like, there are guest directors that will come in and direct episodes. Why? And they have to basically go back and look at, you know, what the character arc is and things like that. And there are some shows where that's come a problem because a director will come in and want to do something with the character and then sometimes like the actors are like well no my character wouldn't do that yeah. based on this this and this and then sometimes they say well we're just doing it anyway yeah this seems like a it's like not a good thing this but seems that's like a bad how thing. it works like you can't have the exact same director for every episode of a television show it's just not going to happen that's not how directors work they want to do other things and they want to you know, no, I agree. Expand, but like the that. writers that are writing it should either be directing it or fully fledged with the directors from the very beginning of the process. But the writers don't have most of the time. A writer does not have the chops to go in and direct something. Right, like I said, one of the two. They should either be directing it, which I understand is not something that is a, a possibility for a lot of writers, which I understand. But if they don't have that, then they should be, they, they should, as soon as the idea, and maybe they get like a rough draft or something. And then as soon as that, they get in touch with a director. Well, I will also say this, with this particular episode, you have to remember when they sit down to do a table read. Uh-huh. That's probably before even any of the animation right. starts yeah. or anything like that. So with this, they're doing it way in advance. Right. So right. they may not have been able to secure anything in regards to behind the music. So they may not have even brought it up. And then maybe as this was starting to come into play and it was starting to be developed, they added that component to it once they were able to get the rights. I don't know for sure. That is just a assumption. Of right. But like... When when you have a table read, that means you have a finished script. No, it does not. Or at least the script cl- changes at least a lot. close to finished. And that's one of the reasons why you do a table read to see, okay, what can we change here? Right. This joke didn't work. Let's try something else. Right, but you already have all the guest stars or everyone not necessarily. else. Um, and I feel like the director should have say before the table read. All right. Well, this is how it is. So. Well, they're. We're going to move on. Um, So, of course, this episode was deemed to be very challenging, but also easy because the animation team did not need to look for continuity errors in the episode because it jumped around so much. Uh, The animators in Kirkland and the writers watched multiple episodes of Behind the Music in order to get the feel of it, Uh, Corey, including the MC Hammer episode. Yes. Because they make a bunch of 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. They take a bunch of shots at reference. MC Hammer, so they definitely watched that one. Um, so, in an interview with Entertainment Weekly regarding the renewal of the show in season 23, showrunner Al Jean discussed what episodes that previously aired might have served well as a series finale. So, he regarded this one as one of the episodes that may have worked very well to end the series. I actually have, have something about that. I recently watched a YouTube video. Let me see if I can find it so that I can plug it. But it was about the best series finale of The Simpsons. I believe it was season 14, uh, where... Wasn't it the Jump Forward episode? No. Well, I found... It's, uh, Does The Simpsons Finale Already Exist by Gilbert Gaz Grogan. So, uh, it's a very good video. It's like 11 Why don't you get me the Uh, link to that, and I will post it, and people can watch it if they're interested. Sure. I will send it to you now. I, I don't remember anything about it anymore. Never mind. Well, I'm don't glad worry you brought it. it up. I it's a good video and right. it makes a lot of sense and I think we should do that episode. Okay. All right. So um, he did also go on to say that I don't think we're a serialized show and I don't think we're going to have a lost finale where we reveal some truth about the world that nobody ever. Suspected. Oh boo! Whenever we do a last episode, we just hope it would be sweet, true to the characters, funny, and give you a nice feeling of where the Simpsons would be headed. Listen, they don't want a lost finale. That's what he's saying. Do they want a bunch of angry people who were like, well, I wish the Globetrotters would have showed up. That would have been better than that piling heap of crap that they delivered to my door. Did you not hear me when I said he doesn't think they want no, a lost finale. No, I was reading about Drake from Drake and Josh being a monster. Yeah, I mean, that that is true. Yeah, no, I mean, can, I would love to roast JJ some more because I hate that man so much. JJ Abrams. For another time. Uh, this particular episode did receive critical acclaim, and many reviewers noted it as a highlight of the season and the series itself. Yeah. Um... I wasn't able to find ratings on this, but one thing I will mention about this episode is it did earn, uh, it won the Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program for programming less than an hour. Um, so it did win in 2000, and in addition, composer Alf Clausen won an, an Annie Award for Outstanding Individual Achievement for Music in an Animated Television Production. What's an Annie? Um, it's for animation, like animation awards. I thought it was for uh, Young Anakin Skywalker. Yes, it is. Okay, cool. I'm glad we're on the same page. And also people that play Little Orphan Annie. Okay, okay. For both. Cool. It is a hard knock life. It is. For for us. Um, Just a few more quick things here. So in keeping with the long-running joke of Springfield's unknown and undefinable location... The writers did not want to pin the location down for the fans, and with knowledge that the episode rerun twice, they had Forbes record several alternate locations aside from the original versions Northern Kentucky. So he also said that the families from Southern Illinois and Southern Missouri, and they unused one which said the small island of Lanay. And all of these can be found on an Easter egg in the 11th season DVD set. When they were interviewing Comic Book Guy, behind him, you can see a statue of the Iron Giant. And the reason why that's important is because 
Brad Bird used to be a director and creative consultant on The Simpsons, and he went on to create The Iron Giant. When was The Iron Giant made? Early 2000s. This was 2000. Okay, so 99, 98, somewhere in there. Interesting. And last but not least, uh, many fans and the showrunners thought that the show was on its last legs following the conclusion of this episode. As did I, and I wasn't even around. Boy, were they wrong. (laughs) All right, so let's jump in here. We've been talking long enough. Probably the longest ever we've gotten to the actual breakdown. We're going going for the, uh, what's this podcast called? <laughs> so it's come to this slow run. <laughs> hey, Chris Evans is looking for a uh, partner to get married to. Would you mind? That's fine. Okay. I'm down. <laughs> hey, a little bit of news and views there, man. <laughs> I mean, you went off on a tangent, so. I went off on a tangent? Yeah, it's really embarrassing. <laughs> Did you forget what happened at the beginning of this episode? No, I didn't forget. We were on many tangents. It it's wasn't true. just one. Okay, yeah, that's go true. Ahead. Everyone's gone off on a tangent already. So, All right, so Act 1. The episode begins with the Simpson family history and how they got into show business, believing that families depicted in numerous TV shows they watch bear no resemblance to their comparative dysfunctionalism. Homer writes and directs an inadequate video pilot that falls that fails to attract the attention of the major networks, except for Fox, as it as its president happens to be Marge's hairdresser. After much fine-tuning and on-set mishaps, mishaps produce many of the show's running gags, the Simpsons' resounding ratings and merchandising success makes the family extraordinarily wealthy. Having moved out of their house on Evergreen Terrace to live in MC Hammer's former mansion, Hammer Time, which of course is renamed Homer Time. They expand their scope to include a series of Grammy-winning mega-platinum novelty albums. Alright, Act 1. And I guess it's a little strange to call it Act 1 because it's not, you know, a traditional story. I but mean, I, I don't so, think it's that strange to call it Act 1. Right, I mean, Well, Act 1, go ahead. It is, it is told canonically. It is. So... So Lisa said she had no business hosting the Oscars. Neither did Anne Hathaway and James Franco. Uh, hey Years later. <laughs> but did Meryl Streep spit on them? I bet she wanted to. I would have. When did they host the Oh, it Oscars? was bad. And I love Anne Hathaway, and I loved James Franco at the time. Yeah, well, I don't it's know. Like I 10, still don't know why you liked James Franco. 10, 12 years ago. Maybe when it happened. That long ago? Yeah, oh, it was I bad. It was, like... it was a train wreck. Might have been a little sooner than that. Oof. I thought we were talking about, like, this year's or last year's. No. No. Why are we talking this about... This year was it? all the ladies. Why are... Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about this year's Oscars, because they're... Amy Poehler is a terrible human being. Well, anyway, Amy Schumer? That one, not Poehler. Po- I, do, I have no because ill Amy, will towards Amy, Amy Poehler. Poehler is an angel. I have no um, ill will towards Amy Poehler. I apologize. I'm not a fan of Amy Schumer's either. I don't get, I don't get it. Uh, I mean, she has family in the, in the industry, so that's why she's in it. Anyway... Uh, it's... What was I talking about? about a- Anne Hathaway? No. No, you were talking about the Oscars. No, I wasn't talking about that Oscars, though. I don't remember. Don't worry about it. Okay. 
so um Corey, building off what you said i yes. do like the way that they showed the footage of meryl streep spitting yes and then they shot it back to the simpsons house and it hitting the f- the photograph of yeah. the four of them and then it coming down and smashing into little bits Yes. Well, four bits, because it breaks all of them up. And then that wasn't good enough, so then the hammer comes out and yeah. smashes it mm-hmm. more. So, um, you know, for the for the budget they had to get that clear uh, line of where Meryl Streep spits at the Oscars to someone spitting at the, uh, at the Simpsons household, you'd think that they could have done some editing tricks to not use that hammer. I don't know. It got its point across, though. They're just not good enough. I guess not. So, one question I have is when everybody's in Times Square watching The Simpsons, vacuuming is hilarious? (laughs) No. Because Marge is literally just sitting there vacuuming. I noticed that. And they're all just, like, laughing hysterically at it. So, it's such a good joke. (laughs) And I think... I could be totally wrong. When did Family Guy come out? I don't know. Somewhere in the 90s, right? No. No, it was 2000s. Well, never mind, because I thought that that was a reference (laughs) to Family Guy. To to the terrible, terrible visual gags that they have in Family Guy, like the the frickin' Peter Quill. uh, Nope. Peter Quill. Whatever. Uh, Peter Griffin. Rolling on the ground, holding his leg, going, Ah! And that's the entire joke, and he does it for, like, such a bad show. <laughs> All right. So you're not going to want to start a Family Guy podcast, then? Don't ever talk to me again. <laughs> you or your son. <laughs> um, okay. So, as I mentioned, there's uh, different title cards for each act. So this particular title card says, Success, Fame, Beer, candy, money, drugs, women, and donuts. So I assume that candy and donuts are the only two that are changed? Um, and beer. Beer was changed? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. That's surprising. They wouldn't have just specifically said beer. They would have said... Like alcohol? Yeah. Mm. Substances or who knows. Because it wouldn't just be beer. Why not? So, when Marge is talking about how difficult it is to raise children, and you see the little montage of what happens with Bart, he tries to fill the gas tank full of water from the hose, then Lisa falls through the snow, and then we see Maggie, and she's drawing all over Homer as he's napping. Yeah, and she's like, meh. Yeah, and Marge just shrugs and walks away. Yeah. "Eh, I can't be bothered. I've already had two kids, so this is too much. What happens if you fill your gas tank with water? Bad things. Very bad things. But like your engine will seize. But like will anything explode? No. I'm doing it right now. Oh my god. Okay. Good luck uh, you replacing dummy. your engine and buying a new car. Um why would I have to do both? It's one or the other. Okay. <laughs> True. Um Marge does also mention that raising kids is so tough it almost drove her to fortified wine. But then Homer realizes you know what to do you can just park them in front of the tv because that's how he was raised and he turned out tv yeah i mean i agree 
I um, also turned out TV. Corey, it seemed like you kind of laughed at when they're mentioning the shows that they watch. Um, I laughed the hardest at Hollywood Hogwash. Yes. But the the reveal at the end with the actual uh, show. Yes, with um, with um, Flanders saying that he saw them in front of the TV watching all, watching all that Hollywood hogwash. Yep. And Marge is like, our favorite show was Hollywood hogwash. Yeah, and then they mentioned the Drex Squad, the Malarkeys, Dumbing It Down, Sheriff Lowbrow, and my favorite joke, Home Improvement. <laughs> Do you think uh, Hollywood Hogwash is just another um, uh, The Real Housewives? I hope not. Because I think so. I don't need another one of those. Home Improvement was on the same stage as uh, Boy Meets World. Great. And they all had P.E. together. Did you just find that out? I did I did just find that out, yeah. What? Oh, hold on, explain yourself. So um, so I know that sitcoms used to be filmed on on sound stages with yes. a live audience. Yes. So so Home Improvement was right next door to Boy Meets World. Oh, not and on the same no. stage. Well, they're on the same. They're in the same building. You're right. Yeah. Sure. Um, but I listened to a Boy Meets World podcast, and uh, they were talking about how. Um, when they took school, they also had to take P.E. And they took P.E. with the kids from Home Improvement because they were all around the same age. There were children in Home Improvement? Yeah, three boys. Randy? Why do you know this? Why do you know this? Why do you know the one? And the other two. Because Randy was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. You should know that Tim Allen is in that show, and that's all you Jonathan should know. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Zachary something, and Taryn Noah. Ty Bryant. Zachary Ty Bryant and Taryn Noah Smith. They, they all have three names. Weird. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> I'd never realized that yeah. until I just said it. BDG could have been on that show. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, though. I mean, he was pretty cute. Yep. The other two were fine. And then they all started to get weird. There's got to be a really good nickname. For Jonathan Taylor Thomas never got weird. He just stayed short. I mean, JTT is pretty good, but that was uh, that's what they called him. No one cared about the other two. They weren't Tiger Beat worthy. What's Tiger Beat? Tiger Beat. What's Tiger Beat? It was a. Uh, Okay, so when I was young and I used to go to supermarkets with my grandma, uh, and I'm talking about, what, 10, 11, 10 or 11, they had magazines that were directed to teen girls, maybe some teen boys, no judgment, Bop, the Big Bopper, Tiger Beat. The Big Bopper? Yeah, the Big Bopper was one of them. Why was there Bop and the Big Bopper? Did it start with... Hello, ladies. <laughs> it should have. Um, I think they were from the same parent company. But, and in these magazines... Oh, it's hello, baby. It's not hello, baby. hello, baby. Yeah. I said ladies. Um, but you could find articles like, what would Jonathan Taylor Thomas's perfect date be like? It always included sunsets. All of the dates included sunsets. And you could find posters of these heartthrobs um ralph macchio 
Yes, Ralph Mach, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman. Um, I know that name. The Karate Kid. <gasps> That's who Ralph Macchio yeah. is. Where was where was what's his face? Where was Johnny Lawrence? Johnny was not a heartthrob. Why? Because yes, he was a jerk. But he's better than all of them. Anyways, and new kids on the block. Um. And he wasn't a heartthrob even after the no, second movie. Where is no? Where he is, was actually worse. Where, where no, people hated him. Where his where his no. sensei just completely just didn't no, demolish him. Hated him. No, that was the second. Anyways, he's, the second. he's in the beginning. When when the statue gets broken, and you see, oh, he's not the bad guy, is he? <laughs> Anyways, there were teen magazines, uh, and girls read them. And it was like, describe your favorite girl. Would you ever date a fan? And of course, they all said yes because, because you want you magazine. want little stupid girls to believe they have chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good times. <laughs> so I will say in this episode, um, Jim Forbes, the narrator, he has some of the best lines. So I'm just going to kind of bring up some of those as we're going along here and there. Um, so the one I really liked in this one is when he's talking about Homer and he refers to him as a penniless peckinpah. <laughs> so that's when Homer's shooting his video for My Funny Family and apparently loves the phrase Mamma Mia. Because <laughs> he just keeps saying Mamma Mia. Over again. Yeah. And then we find out that Marge thinks that her and Homer had great chemistry. But then Homer thought of firing Marge every day. Yes. You know, just to shake things up. So a nice little visual gag in this act that I liked is when Homer's trying to drive to Hollywood. And he passes the sign that says Hollywood 90 miles. Mm -hmm. And then the next sign says Hollywood 500 miles. But the other thing that I actually didn't notice until I actually paused it, as Homer, like, turns around, there's a road sign that says no. Oh. So I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. This is going the wrong way. So, um, one of my favorite parts of this show, or this episode, is the Hysteria Ward. Mm-hmm. And when they blast all of the fans with the fire hoses. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, Corey, thoughts on the Bart Simpson shirts? <laughs> that last one. See, I thought you'd really that like the second one. That last one. Did you see the second one? What was the second one? You bet your sweet bippy, man. Yes, I did see that. But that last the one, last that one was... Is the best. Yeah, that, the one, and that one really got so you. Funny. Yes. Like, you actually stopped and was really <laughs> laughing That's... at Life Begins at Conception. Yes. <laughs> yes. The fact that it it starts with uh with saying that the Fox executives made all these shirts and um, and they have they never have enough uh they never run out of ideas for them and everything right <laughs> it's so funny. so now speaking of that now Corey I'm sure you remember growing up all the Bart Simpson shirts yes everywhere yes and most of them were bootlegged. And it was a very lot much of them like that, bootleg. where they just had their own crazy yeah. phrases. I remember there were some where, like, Bart was Jamaican, 
And he would say, like, don't have a cow mon instead I, of man and stuff like that. I don't remember that. I remember always seeing, like, those types of shirts at, like, a fair or something mm-hmm. like that. Where, you know, people were just trying oh, to... Oh, is it the Erie them. County Fair? Just, yeah, there right. or anywhere like that. Fantasy so. Island had a few of them while I was growing up. Yep. And uh, I, I remember seeing them when I was really, really young, too, a lot. Um... But I just remember they were everywhere when we were kids. Like, everyone had those Bart Simpson shirts. And I had one. Did you have any? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy. <laughs> what was yours? Do you remember? Um, my, I had um, a couple of them. Of course, the Don't Have a Cow. What color was it? Uh, pink. Mine, that no. was mine. I had a pink Don't Have a Cow. Nice. Mine no, was I think white. mine was, mine was, um overachiever or underachiever and proud of i had that i had that one i think that's the one i had and he's on the skateboard yeah so my grandmother hated it because she's like are you saying you're an underachiever and you were like yes and i'm like i don't know (laughs) this isn't therapy time and plus we're too far into it yes we're too far um some of the newspaper headlines in this episode were really good too um, in this act, we have Yellow Fever and Bumptious Brood Bafo. Yes, I liked that one. And then, of course, we get the reference to Bart saying Kawabunga when he says it to Homer, even though he only said it once on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was one of the things with those shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, right. That was the phrase that he would say on those shirts, and that way it got so so huge. For and him. don't have a cow, man. It was right. those two. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no. Um, they Bart... Uh, ironic Bart meme posting came back for about two weeks uh, oh. a couple of years ago, and uh, I think it was mostly after the uh, the Bart cake went viral. Um, the what? You don't remember the Bart cake? Oh, Continue your story. We'll talk about that later. Um, yes, and it just seeing all of the terrible, terrible designs is so funny. Oh, like all the, um, like the knockoffs and stuff like that? Is that what you're talking the about? Terrible the terrible designs and just the, the quotes. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Um, Corey, you got anything else in Act 1 here? Um, that horrible act of child abuse became one of our running gags. <laughs> you don't remember this cake? Oh, this was like three, four years ago, and it... <laughs> It yes, was you, everywhere. You, you showed me that. Yes. All right. I will post that on our social media so people can take a look. Eat pant. <laughs> and then, and then it spawned a ton of uh, of of copycats. With <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, I did also like when they were interviewing people on the show, like people outside of the the Simpsons family, the little. Um, descriptors they would give underneath mm-hmm. yeah. so like with crusty he was embittered comedy legend yeah and he's seen all the overnight sensations brad hall rich hall rich little and little richard <laughs> and i did notice that in his dressing room he has a post-it on the wall that says call jay leno back yes i saw that you too. did see that i didn't know if you'd be able to catch that or not yeah um so cory thoughts on uh simpson's boogie uh Especially Christmas Simpsons buggy. Uh, amazing. I love it. Where Where is that? 
I mean, it was so good that it even won the best hardcore thrash metal record of the year at the Emmys. <laughs> the Grammys. I put Emmys. The Grammy. Grammy. Um, and then, of course, we get Ozzy biting the top off the Grammy. And, Brennan, do you know why that happened? No. So, allegedly. Allegedly! A long time ago, mm-hmm. there was a bat flying around. Ozzy grabbed the bat and bit the head off of it. Nice. He sure did. What kind of bat? Um, a vampire bat. It better then. I don't know. Because, you know, if you bite the head off of a vampire bat and then suck all the blood out of it. Good lord. I'm a vampire. You become a vampire. I see. And it's one of those sparkle vampires. And if you do that while you're a regular vampire, you become a twilight vampire and can go in the sun. Great. I'm glad Did you that you told us this. Sparkle vampires? Hmm? Did you say sparkle vampires? I did. What are you talking Ugh. about? Sparkle vampires. When did I say that? Just now. Like three seconds ago. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you want me to play it back? Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everything was coming up roses, but those roses contained ready-to-sting bees. And before we get out of this act, Homer just wants to set the record straight. He thought the cop was a prostitute. <laughs> All right, anything else for Act 1? Uh, no. Act 2, problems begin to arise as the Simpsons' fame continues. They become reckless spendthrifts, alternating between buying their colleagues extravagant gifts and paying them to perform embarrassing acts for their amusement. (laughs) After a funny stunt, the plummet into Springfield Gorge from Bart Daredevil causes him an injury, Homer becomes addicted to prescription painkillers. Marge blows much of the family's fortune on licensing her likeness for use on diaphragms, and Bart goes into rehab after attacking attacking flight attendants being temporarily replaced on the show by Richie Rich. Following a tip from Apu, the IRS discovers that the Simpsons are evading tax payments and repossess Homer time. As tensions mount in the family, the show's writing and production team resort to gimmicky, nonsensical plots, shameless guest star appearances to maintain ratings. Finally, while performing with Jimmy Carter at the Iowa State Fair, the family gets into a big dispute and splits up. Act 2. I wonder if the Queen eats TV dinners. I was thinking that too. (laughs) No. She seemed to really enjoy the show too. Yeah. How is the queen still alive? She's still going. And she has... As of the recording of this. And she has those adorable little corgos. She does. All right. So the Behind the Laughter title card this time, which I know you caught, Corey. Success, fame, beer, Millhouse. Yeah. And I just remember you going, wait, did that say Millhouse? Yeah. I said, sure did. <laughs> um, I do like the accolades thing where they mention that they're receiving bathtubs full of money, wheelbarrows of awards, and fire hoses of respect. I would like bathtubs full of money. I thought you were going to say you'd like fire hose of respect. Nah, I don't care about that. I don't care about that either. Um, and didn't they have caviar dumped oh, into yeah, their... Oh yeah, that was in Was Act that Act 1? One? One? Oh. I just, all I put was, never that's mind. too much caviar. I disagree. You can never have enough caviar. It's too many Pete Davidsons. No, it's too much. Alright, well, Corey, what else you got for Act 2? I've been all up all night paying people to kiss. <laughs> and I like how they call Mo Sizzlack local hothead. Local hothead, yep. 
And he says that Homer was spending money like a teenager. Cashmere jeans. And a Rolex. And Moe feels guilty because despite the fact that he was always trying to score with his wife. And then he goes, so when do we start filming? Oh. (laughs) And also the realization of Lenny and Carl when they talk about how Bart paid them to kiss each other. And he never said, paid them. Did we ever get that money? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I did really love when they bring up, so they talk about that and they say, but reckless spending and interracial homoeroticism yes. were just volume one of the encyclopedia Self-Destructica. That was that was too much. I, I don't, that, that bit was... I liked it. I, I thought it was funny. I I think that they 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 were doing that that bit for a while, and I think it was a little too much. Like like uh, the the whole like I understand what they're going for because all of those types of programs do really weird and wacky uh, uh, metaphors, but I I think that they went too far. Mm-hmm. A little bit well i don't think that there's enough there for the amount of jokes that they tried to funnel down that avenue well then what did you think of the jack-in-the-box when they're mentioning and then in oh, april in the something april? bad happened and then the calendar pops out with april <laughs> that wasn't the same metaphor joke that was that was just a visual gag yes. and that was pretty funny well i i will tell you what was even more like a drug was the drugs <laughs> That was good. Um, I did also like when Homer's talking about his fall. And then he says, Then came the rocks, jagged rocks, hitting me with their jags. <laughs> and of course they did re-edit, or they did reanimate um, some of Homer falling down the, mm-hmm. the, um, the gorge. I really like the... Um... <laughs> I really like when he's in uh, PT and he falls and they just take this giant pill bottle and start pouring it into his mouth. But the best part of that is not just that, but what the narrator says right after that. Because then the narrator says, somehow Homer became addicted to (laughs) painkillers. Yeah, yeah. That was the best part of that. Like, yes, they're just throwing all these painkillers in there that he's like, yeah, and we don't know how it happened, but somehow. I have a question. What? How did... And, Corey, you left one thing out. What? With that drug comment. The beginning yeah. part. Fame was like a drug, but what was more like drugs? Was the drugs. <laughs> how did they get all this footage? How did they have footage of Homer in the hospital getting pain feeders, pa- feed painters, painkillers? Pain, pain feeders. Pain That's something you do not want to take. You don't want to take pain feeders. Painkillers fed into his mouth. Like, how did they get that footage? Maybe he was doing a documentary. But a documentary would normally be single cam. That was like multi cam, zooming in on face. Like that was multi cam. What? What was going maybe, on maybe there? The, maybe the hospital had it all set because wow. he's a celebrity. Yeah, it's, that's a lot of that's a lot of work. You never know. Yeah. Um, there was a funny little uh visual gag with the hollywood walk of fame uh as they're showing everybody so um if anybody's been to the hollywood walk of fame like we have you have the name 
and then there's a little icon under the name or multiple icons basically saying what this person was known for. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the first one you see is Milton Burl and you see a TV. What's that? Um, Milton Burl. Uncle Milty. <laughs> Who that? Milton Burl was an actor, comedian. Uh, look up him and RuPaul presenting an award. He was very, he was not yes. very nice to RuPaul. Yeah. And RuPaul just gave it right back to she him. Sure Bless does. her heart. But we also saw Joan Jett, which was not a music icon. It was a typewriter. <laughs> is, that then, a, is that a reference to something in Joan Jett's past? No, or? it's no. just funny because you would expect it to be music. Oh, yeah. And, but the best one is Nelson Mandela because it's a race car. Yes. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> and then the Simpsons have TV, a Grammy, and the Olympic icon. Yes. Right underneath that. I mean, they went to the Olympics once, didn't they? Yeah, but not for this. That was much later. Oh, really? Yep. And they're just a few spots down from the Cheerios Honeybee, if you ever go there. Corey, thoughts about um, Chief Wiggum's involvement? I mean, he even had his own catchphrase. <laughs> no, I lost it. He couldn't do it, but he even had his own catchphrase. And he realizes that if the sea captain could be in the show, then he can Yeah. Be. <laughs> Brenda, what did you think about when Homer loses everything? And the IRS comes in and they're no. taking all the jewelry off him, no. No including nipple the nipple rings. No nipple rings. And they even took his pot-bellied pig. Mr. Porky. Not spider pig? Not spider pig. Spider pig. See, spider things pig. get better, and then he gets does spider pig. whatever mm. spider pig does. I see. I see, I see. And I feel like this is a missed opportunity. I would love to see Bart and Teen Wolf 3. It, yes. I mean, he does have Fairweather friends to feed, after what all. What was the second one of those movies? Yeah. Jason Bateman is in it. Why? I mean, Jason Bateman is in a ton of really bad movies. Jason Bateman like, needed the money when but... he was younger. Don't knock it till you try it. I yeah, don't even no. remember. I know I saw it because I one of my first crushes was on Jason Bateman, but oh, really? I don't remember anything about it. Jason Bateman. Is that from Silver Spoons? Wasn't he on He wasn't on Silver Spoons. That was Ricky Schroeder. No, I know, but I thought he was his friend. It was from... He was in a TV show with Sandy Duncan. And I don't remember what it was called, but he was so... I think I do remember that show. Yeah, that was like one of my first big crushes. I feel like Jason Bateman was only in like bad movies and shows until Arrested development. development. And then that and then he started being in good things. I mean that definitely reinvigorated his career. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean a lot of the stuff he was in was just kind of niche stuff and mm-hmm. cult favorites and stuff like that. But yeah, like he never really had anything huge until then that I'm aware of. Um, so for no reason at all, Kang and Kodo show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're canon. Yeah. In, in the Simpsons universe. So, okay, so Brendan, you've obviously been critical of the show at many times. Yes. So what did you think of all the little jabs they were giving in this episode? About how the show should have ended? And, like... When they mentioned with the family in disarray, episodes continuously resorted to gimmicking premises and nonsensical plots. This was all correct, and it's very surprising to me that The Simpsons knew about this in 2000, before I was born. (laughs) 
but no, I thought that was very meta and very interesting that they were throwing that stuff in there. And they specifically brought in the principal and the pauper, which has yes. been highly controversial, and many fans and critics have panned the episode um, for what they did in it and everything. But the fact that they were kind of like in on the joke. Yeah. So, um, no. You can't be in on the joke if you're just going to continue after this to do uh, really dumb ideas and not know at all where you're going with the show and just be continuing to to uh, send it out with minimal thought. Like, you can't continue to... You can't make these jokes about, oh, everyone thinks that we should end, and we think so too, if you're not going to end. Or is that the funniest joke of all? No! (laughs) (laughs) Because, so, it's a lot like the Morbius meme. (laughs) The the Morbius meme Oh, I love it. As soon as, uh... uh, As soon uh, as it made more billion bucks? No. Uh, It ended as soon as, what's his name? Jared Leto. Jared Leto posted to his Twitter that he was in on the joke and... Yeah. Uh, Once the... people are in on the joke, the joke's not funny anymore. Exactly. But I feel like that's different, though, because he wasn't the one creating it. See, in this case, the Simpsons are the one that's making the joke. Sure. Based on the thing sure. that they created. Right, but the joke in it of, of itself is that the Simpsons should end. And the creators are like, haha, the Simpsons should end, but they continue making it. So no, they don't think that. So no, they are not in so on the joke. So they're not in on the joke. They're right. just uh, capitalizing on the joke. Exactly. Or would you even say that maybe they're throwing it in people's face? No, because they're not making any good content. That's what I'm saying. They're saying, hey, we know this. This is funny. haha, But you know what? We're going to keep doing it anyway. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's not funny because it it it's saying that we're aware of your problems with the show and we we know why you don't want to watch it, but we're not going to address them. Okay. Fair enough. We're aware of your problems, but womp womp. But I did think it was funny when they brought up trendy guest stars. And the trendy guest stars that they show are Butch Patrick, Buzz Aldrin, Tom Kite, Stephen Hawking, and Sir Gary Coleman. Sir Gary Coleman. Sir Gary Coleman. That's like my favorite part. Yes. Um, So then, you know, of course, Richie Rich comes in to replace Bart. Yeah. And apparently the animators colored his bow tie and his suit green. Yeah. To avoid copyright infringement. Oh. Because those weren't the colors. Right. And then just real quick, the Iowa State Fair. Them coming out with those giant heads. Yes, and apparently the heads were porcelain, yes. which seems like a bad idea, but whatever. Oh, yeah. And then um, when Bart says, forget the donuts, it's time for us to go nuts. Musically, that is. <laughs> and it's a good thing that... It's really a good thing that Jimmy Carter was there. Yes, with his comedic breakdancing. <laughs> And then at that point, we think that the dream was over. Coming up, was the dream really over? (laughs) Yes, it was. Or was it? Uh, And then Homer's new passion, dusting and polishing mixing boards. I, um, 
I would like to go back to what I said earlier about how the joke isn't funny if you're going to continue doing what the joke is making fun of. Okay. Uh, earlier, you said that this was a, a, con- a contender for a series finale. Mm-hmm. If this was a series finale... Then it would be funny. Then it would be extremely funny. And I... I think that then I would have to give the Simpsons writers a lot of credit. Right. But it wasn't. This is not the series finale. Not even close. We have twenty three more seasons after this. No. <laughs> Alright. Well you guys got anything else for Act Two? No. Alright, so Act Three, Fox puts the show on hiatus since none of the Simpsons will talk to each other. The members pursue independent endeavors. Homer follows a career as a hammy character actor in a stage production of Rent 2, Condo Fever. Bart replaces Lorenzo Lamas as the star of the syndicated action show Renegade. Marge creates a nightclub act performing Bob Marley's songs I Shot the Sheriff. And Lisa writes Where Are My Residuals? A tell-all book about her negative experiences from working on the show, such as Homer's spiking of her cereal with anti-growth hormones. Bringing the family back together seems impossible until Dr. Hibbert asks his old fraternity brother, country singer Willie Nelson, (laughs) with reuniting them. Nelson puts on a phony award show in order to reconcile the family who hug and forgive each other for their past wrongs. They look with hope to the many years of episodes of The Simpsons to come. Or not. The episode ends with an epilogue in which Forbes states, The future looks brighter than ever for this northern Kentucky family. <laughs> Following the epilogue, the Simpson family is shown in a video editing room, viewing a scene from an upcoming episode from the next season, which shows the family talking about winning a trip to Delaware. Seemingly, in response to the stilted and unfunny quality of the proceedings, Homer quietly assures the editor that the next season will be the last. And the final scene shows a mock teaser for an upcoming episode of Behind the Laughter about Huckleberry Hound, in which he reveals that he is gay, but couldn't come out. All right, act three. I would go and see Marge's act. I bet it kills in Reno. (laughs) Well, the next time you see a sheriff, shoot him. A smile, that is. (laughs) Did the Simpsons actually ever take a year off? No. No? No hiatus. No hiatus ever. Mm-mm. None. Making it over and over and over again. Continuously. Just, just all the time. Yep. All right, so for Act 3, this uh, title card, we had Lawsuits, Hormones, Redemption, Graphics. <laughs> so, as they do mention also, the Simpsons television show started out on a wing and a prayer, but now the wing was on fire, and the prayer had been answered. By Satan. I love that. Uh, what did you think of Peeping It Real, Corey? I would watch it. <laughs> so you'd watch hidden camera footage from the dressing room at Ann Taylor? Why not? <laughs> What's Ann Taylor? It's a, a it's a woman's store. store. Oh. And I feel like, wasn't this like the era where Fox was doing a lot of like crazy things yeah. like that? Like hidden camera yes. things and just like just awful, they terrible sure shows. Were. That does very much sound like an episode of... Um, Cool Pranksters. What's the show called? Cool Pranksters. I think you nailed it. It's Cool Pranksters. <laughs> uh, pr- pr- you just got pranked. <laughs> um, Prankosaurus. <laughs> pr- 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 Prankity prank prank prank. Pray the the Pranker Brothers. 
What um, are you talking about? <laughs> I know what he's talking about. Uh, it's that show with those four guys. That Pranking it real. Pranking it real. <laughs> Pranktastic. <laughs> What's it called? Um... God, what is that show called? Prank me, baby. <laughs> Prank me, Amadeus. <laughs> These are all great shows. Prank to exclamation point question mark. Are you talking about punked? No. <laughs> no, I know what show he's talking about, but I forget what it's called. Prank Yankers? It's like something pranksters. Yes. Original pranksters. Uh... <laughs> Notor- <laughs> the notorious pranksters. How many puns can Impractical we- jokers! There it is. That's absolutely nothing like what we were saying. Because I think what we were saying was far better. Doesn't even have the word prank in it. <laughs> prank me, baby. <laughs> well, anyways, this particular show, Peeping It Real. Prankin' and Proud? Apparently. <laughs> Uh, Mike Scully noted that the retailer was not happy about that joke. Oh, I can't imagine why. I'm not why. surprised. <laughs> exactly. Corey, you seem to really enjoy um, Bart replacing Lorenzo. I love Lorenzo Lamas. Did you love Renegade? Yes. You did? I did. <laughs> Guys, I have a lot of guilty pleasures. Um, Boy bands, of course, as you know, are one of them. Lorenzo Lamas is another one. Uh, loved him on Falcon Crest. Watched Renegade. Who's Lorenzo He was an attractive Lamas. man, I will admit. Oh my god. Yeah. He was quite the attractive man. Who's Lorenzo Lamas? He Lama? was way older than me, and, like, I knew that, but, like, man. Look <sighs> him up. Come look him up right now. Did he have a don't, lot of llamas? Don't look him up, like... Currently? <laughs> Well, actually, let me see. I haven't seen him Might have him held currently. together, okay. I feel like he would have hold it, held up. Uh, but I do love the joke in that where, you know, Bart looks all serious and intense and everything. And then it's revealed that he has a sidecar. Yes. And there's a guy sitting next to him. Yes. And he goes, I hear that, renegade. Yes, and there was a lady. A lady sitting next to him in another sidecar that says, let's do this thing. He looks like Rambo. Oh. Did he hold up okay? No. Look at him. Yeah, he looks yeah. good. Also, a little too tan, but he looks good. Is this a movie good about Metal Gear Solid 3? Oh. No. Uh, he was a handsome man. Oh. Oh, he's a silver fox now. Oh. Okay. Okay, Lorenzo This is Lamas. one of the funniest movie posters I've ever seen. <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> and On here's Lorenzo Lamas in a Speedo for you. I, I don't see anything. Oh, no! Hollywood 100? Here's Lorenzo Lamas in a Speedo. Oh, autograph, too. This is one of the funniest movie posters I've ever seen. Alright, maybe you guys should send That's... me both of those images. And I'll Lorenzo Lamas in a Speedo? Alright, get ready, internet. Here it comes. <laughs> Alright, so this is actually kind of sad. Um, when Lisa writes her tell-all book, Where Are My Residuals? And then yes. we found out that she was given anti-growth hormones yes. to prolong the series. Yes. The reason this is sad is because... This is actually I'm sure taken it happened. from a real thing. I'm not surprised. So, and it has to do with Gary Coleman. <gasps> no. 
Gary Coleman sued his parents, claiming that they secretly dosed him with anti-growth drugs in order to prevent his body's natural. That makes sense. That is horrible. You get that cash cow, you just want to keep milking it. No. I almost sent this to your mom. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> Especially if you would have been like, hey, check this out. She'd be like, what? It's going to be a minute. At least I didn't try to send it to your dad. That's true. Um, <laughs> Abe Simpson. Coot. Coot. <laughs> So this is also, this is my second favorite part of this episode. When they're all sitting at Thanksgiving dinner. Ah, save it for your next book, you little snitch. But did you see Abe, where he was sitting? No. He's off to the side, like at a little kid's table with Maggie. Aww. And everyone else is sitting at the table with their lawyers. And now, going off of what you just said, Corey. Mm-hmm. When Marge says that to Lisa... Uh-huh. And Lisa's lawyer stands up and starts going, that is assault. That is assault. <laughs> Shrill feminist lawyer. <laughs> yep. Attorney. Yes. Gloria Allard. Now, the reason why I thought that was so funny. Do you remember? Kaylin. A years ago, yes. When you had that t-shirt, which was a pun, which was the salt shaker beating up the pepper shaker, and it said assault, and Kaylin who was a very small child, used to just randomly yell assault. No, she was. She was, what, five? No. Yes, she was. She was than that. No, because one time... She was, because she was like eight to nine. She would just randomly yell yeah. assault. Yeah, it was really and funny. And I had to tell her to stop doing that. <laughs> it was really funny. And, she would, and it was just like that. She'd stand up and goes, that is assault. <laughs> So yes, when I saw that, I couldn't help but think of that, and I wish she was here to talk about it. <laughs> um, and yes, like it, it's funny, but why Willie Nelson? Well, because he would do anything for Kegmaster Julius. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Julius Hibbert, the meddler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did you also notice on Willie Nelson it said musician and taxpayer? Yes. Now, you know why a taxpayer is on there, right? Didn't he not pay taxes for yeah. a while? Yeah, like $16 million <laughs> in like 1990. He was busted for tax evasion. Nice. Yeah, but they all evade tax. Wesley Snipes, Hammer, Dean. Dean ev- evaded his taxes? <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Oh, you just told everyone. The FBI's coming, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you got that. I hope you play that after you say, "Don't tell anyone, Dean." Come Not on. saying anything. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> oh, Deany Beans. All right, but yeah, so we find out that Willie Nelson cooks up a phony award show, the New Awareness Awards. Mm-hmm. And I did like on his bus when he has like the robotic hair yes. braider for him. And he says, time saver my ass. But, Corey, as we know, you just don't say no to the red-headed stranger. You don't. You don't. And now another line by the narrator that I really liked. 
Would Willie's fence mending eggs bear fruit? Or would his olive branch be torn apart by Woodpeckers of Mistrust? Woodpeckers of Mistrust is a metal band name. (laughs) Dean doesn't knock it. Okay, there you go. Sorry. And, Corey, you seem to chuckle at... Try to make you a part of this. Taco giving the tribute to Falco. Yes! (laughs) That was great. Stop it. You're being weird. So, all right, just a few more quick things here. Willie gets very happy when the Simpsons hug. So happy that his his pigtails rise up. Like Pippi Longstocking. Yep. And so whether choking their son or poking some fun, the Simpsons will keep on gagging for years to come. Uh, You know, when I was little, my mom called me Poo-Poo Shortstocking. (laughs) Okay. Why? I don't know. It's kind of funny, though, isn't it? What is with people in your family (laughs) nicknaming people by the name Poop? (laughs) No, not just people. (laughs) Nicknaming things by the name Poop. Um, Yeah, she does it, too. Now now do you see where I get my sense of humor? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Poo-poo short-stocking. It was play on Pippi Long-stocking because I I I was a baby (laughs) and I pooped. Do you get it? Yep, I got it. All right, great. Thank you. Let's hear from my mom. Yes. And one last final thing. I think this is actually kind of interesting. But when they're showing um, them in the, the room and they're editing the episode and they're seeing everything and we're seeing the clip and the Simpsons are saying that they want to an award or a prize or something and they're going to delaware and bart says i want to go to wilmington or lisa says i want to go to wilmington yeah. and bart says i want to see a screen door factory yeah apparently that was used no at the end of the season tw- at the end of season 12 in an airport in the finale of season 12 called what? simpsons tall tales no so that whole segment <laughs> was used in that episode, which I think is actually really funny because they were in there watching them editing the episode and then they actually used it no. in the next season. So okay. I thought that was pretty funny. But All right, so that is all I have uh, for this episode. You guys got anything else to add? Nope. All right, well, what are our thoughts on this episode? It was, it was, it was a, a good departure, I think. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it had its moments. Obviously, it's not a traditional story, but I kind of liked that about it. And it still had its funny moments. And also, like, I remember when I was thinking about doing this, I was like, all right, it'll be kind of cool to go back and do something different. But I was like, I remember there being a lot more old clips that they showed. Like, really, this is like yeah. a new episode. There's right. very it's little. Not a clip show. I, if anything, because they have had their share of clip shows. Mm-hmm. And I remembered this as being more of a clip show, but then when I was watching, I was like, oh, it really isn't. Like, this is actually kind of neat. Yeah. And I really did, I really do enjoy this episode. It's fun. I think, now this is, you may disagree, and I guarantee you will disagree, but I think that this is the funniest episode that we've done on this show so far. Really? Yep. I mean, just some of the gags were 
Some of the gags were real good. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not the best episode that we've done. I think one of the best episodes in the entire Simpsons is the Frank Grimes episode. Uh, However, wow, this is... This is a very, very good episode, and I was not expecting it to be. Well, I'm glad you came in for this, because to be honest, when I thought about doing this, I'm like, yeah, Brendan's not going to like this episode. I I disagree. All right. And I mean that shirt. (laughs) Yeah, that really broke you. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So, yeah, I mean, a good one. We seem to all enjoy it. I think this is one of the first times we're kind of in agreement on something. So before we go here, um, Act 4. Anyone want to go for Act 4? I've been listening to uh, Pod Meets World with Ryder Strong, Danielle Fischel, and Will Friedel. And uh, if you love Boy Meets World like I did, I think you'll like it. Um, It's very interesting. I mean, I just found a a new YouTube channel, which is ungodly funny uh the guy who runs it, his name is ted nevison and that's the channel name <laughs> ted nevison uh he just to get you get you a little a little a little something of his content he went on a tw- 21 day road trip to all 18 rainforest cafes in the entire country and Canada with Eddie Burback. And wasn't it just like, didn't he even say in the video, like, you're probably asking why I did this and he was just like, why not? Like, there's really no reasoning behind it. Uh, yeah, no, there is not. Uh, he, he, he loves branded, uh, he loves branded things, like they had a whole bit in his video about Bucky's. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever been to Bucky's? No, I don't even know what it is. Uh, so it's a gas station slash uh, slash. I don't even know if I can call it a convenience store because it's. Is it like Signals? What Signals? Is it like Sheets? That's what I meant. Sheets, not Signals. What's Sheets? Sheets is. Um... I've gone there before, on road trips. How large is it? It's, it's huge. It's a big. gas station, but it's. It's a gas station, but it does ha- it have? Also... Remember, we went there before, and remember you had to like a go to-go up to a little. You had to go up to a little uh, touchscreen, and you had to order your food, and then... Oh, yeah, it's so much bigger than that. Man. Like, it's got Sheets a full... Has, like, um the best curly fries. It's got a full... Uh, um, meat... Meat... Barber... Deli? No, not barber... A full deli with, like, all the meats, meat, and... Meat, you got meat. like It's like a full Wegmans plus, uh, plus a full Target. It's like, it's insane. And it's on a gas station, and it's got this woodchuck or, or beaver or something on it uh, as its mascot, and that's Bucky. And it's B-U-C-E-E. But uh, that that's besides the point. Uh, Ted Nivison is a very, very funny content creator, and it's, you, should, you should check him out. Check him out. All right. Um, and for me, I'm going to go way back on this. I've kind of been annoying some of the people in my house with this but i have recently rediscovered the joys of watching pete and pete yep you certainly have i found it on youtube and i've been going through the entire series and i have to say it just brings a smile to my face it just makes me very happy 
watching it. I don't know if it's all based on nostalgia or what, but I loved the show growing up, and I'm really enjoying it now, too. And, you know, I know London gets really annoyed when I'm watching it. She's like, the show's so weird. And I'm like, yeah, but that's why I love it. And it's just, it's very interesting. And, like, for a kid's show, I think it's very, very well written and thought out. And I'm really enjoying it. I really want to watch... So, I used to watch that show a ton. We used to get the DVDs from the library all the time. Well, I have the DVDs. Well, we do now, but we used to get the DVDs from the library. Only the first two, because they never released the third. Correct. Uh, I really want to watch rewatch the the hottest day of the year one again, and that's the only one I want to watch. There's many other good ones. I don't care. If I come across that one, I'll let you know. So, all right. So um, that being said, I think we've been doing this for long My enough. My God, how long have we been doing this for? Um, we're a little under two hours at this point. So. Oh, that's... But we but we will cut this down. That isn't that that's not too bad. Not horrible. That's not the worst. It's actually not the longest one we've yeah, done. Yeah, I know. Will you, keep, will you keep it in where Dean yells at us for telling... I will try. All right. So uh, before we get out of here, just a few quick uh, reminders. Remember, if you'd like to reach out to us for any reason, you can get us on email. So it's come to this pod at gmail.com. Again, thank you for our contributors this week. We appreciate it. Um, yeah. Ins- Instagram, you can find us. So it's come to this underscore pod. And on Facebook, you can find us. So it's come with the number two this. If you emailed us, we don't talk. We don't talk about Twitter. If you emailed us, give yourself a pat on the back right now. There you go. Unless you're driving, then maybe it's not. Well, you can do it one-handed. Okay. It'll Um, be be quick. And if you didn't email us, punch yourself in the face right now. But not while. But not while driving. Or do it while driving. I don't care. You didn't email us. Maybe you (laughs) deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, anyways, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple and Google Podcast, or wherever you find your podcast. While you're there, make sure to like and subscribe. And don't forget to also look for us, as well as a super team of pop culture crazed podcasters, artists, and musicians united to spread the gospel of rad stuff at Rad Pantheon by going to radpantheon.com. I'm sorry for this one. I truly am. Is that your goodbye? Yeah. All right. I I I don't know. Goodbye, I guess. What? Goodbye, I guess. Okay. I have to get ready to go and see Joey McIntyre. Yeah, I'm surprised. I have a date with Rick Astley. I'm surprised you didn't say that in your uh, Act Four. Oh no, that's my Act Four for next time. All right. Ooh, a little teaser. Ooh, ooh. All right, and we'll smell you later, everyone. Goodbye. Guys, I'm going to devolve here. Uh, <laughs> I text Susie. You didn't already? <laughs> no, no. This is all. This is all supposed to be in here. Uh, I text Susie just about every month. Do you think Michael Bolton's happy? Because I hope he. I, Dean hopes Michael Bolton's happy too. But we need another distraction. <laughs> That's not professional. We're not. <laughs> That's not a professional relationship. There's nothing relationship. professional about our re- our our marriage. <laughs> our romantic relationship. <laughs> All right. Are you guys stopping on the podcast? I don't even think she said that.
I mean, for something to be professional, it means it has to make money. <laughs> How much money do we have in the bank? In Here, the ba- in, in, oh, in I, the bank of the, pod- bank of Anchor? the podcast bank. I think it's about $22. There oh, we go. That's actually not too bad. You know, we for, have what, like eighty nine episodes? Uh, no, this we is have sixty three. He so, just said sixty third episode. Like thirty three cents per episode. That's not bad. Thank you guys for making that thirty three cents an episode possible. But also, I don't know if Anchor's still doing that. To be honest, because it hasn't gone up in quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> so they may have discontinued that. How do we monetize this? I don't know. With all this content, I don't know how it's not happening. I'm trying. I'm trying to get sponsors. I'm trying to get us paid in bread, guys. I've been calling people <laughs> around the clock. <laughs> all right. Well, let me see. Masterclass that. has me blocked. It seems as if sponsors don't like it when people eat ice cream on their podcast. Why don't you say what kind what of, type ice of ice cream? cream is oh, it? it's mint chip. It's a. Uh, it's Briar's mint chip. I got it maybe two or three weeks ago from 7-Eleven. Oh, I have such a funny story about that. So I wake up. It's after this grand party oh went God. to. I wake up. It's like, what, 2, 3 o'clock in the it's morning? Like 3.30. I have to pee. And I'm like, I'm like so tired. I don't even really notice him. And he goes, oh. And I look at there's this little hobgoblin <laughs> leaning over a carton of ice cream, spoon in hand, spoon like up to his mouth. And I just, and he looks like I caught him. I said, what are you doing? He goes, nothing. Go back to sleep. <laughs> I was eating ice cream. <laughs> his words were, you're not supposed to see this. <laughs> So just to remind you, we have somewhere to go at seven thirty, and at this rate, we're not going to make it there. It's only three twenty-one. You don't have to go anywhere. I have to go and see Joey McIntyre. Oh, 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 oh! Can we get this back on track, please? Yeah, please. Yes, go. All right. You're supposed to rein us in. You're I, the host. I can't. Yeah, you're the host. Outside of just uh, muting you all. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Punch us all in the face. Which it wouldn't matter because it would still be coming through my mic even if I <laughs> muted it. So 